Ag State of Mind, episode 22. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Greetings and welcome to this episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a podcast powered by the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we are starting off our series that is featuring primarily Missouri farmers and ranchers and producers and people who are trying to make a difference in the world um, through sharing their story of agriculture. And today's guest is Caroline Sick. Caroline is the founder of the business and website, The Farm Story. She is recently launched a new podcast that is also called the Farm Story Podcast. I've gotten to know Caroline over the last couple of months really well. Her and I um, have kind of bounced some ideas off of one another, talked about even in the future collaborating on a few things. So um, I'm really, really excited to get Caroline on here and get some more people exposed to her new podcast. It's a great resource and a great way to show people how to do a better job of of just what the title says to tell your farm story so uh i'm really excited to get caroline on here and have a conversation with her her and i like i said have been become really good friends and i can't wait to see where our friendship goes all right hi caroline how are you i'm great how are you i'm doing just fine so you and I, I feel like, have gotten to know each other pretty well over the last couple of months, just even if it has been just through text and and, and social media and whatnot. But for the rest of everybody listening, give, uh, give everybody a little bit of an introduction to you and what you do, and we'll go from there. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so my name is Caroline Sicht. I am 27 years old, and I was born and raised in Ashland, Missouri on a beef cattle farm. Um, I'm an only child, so that means I'm very close with my parents. Uh, I love living the farm life, and I am continuing to live the farm life. You know, who knows what the future will hold, but I hope someday that I get to continue living that life. <clears throat> as far as uh, taking over the farm um, and just, you know, I have some dreams and things like that. That's a whole other story for another day. Um, but I do help my dad as much as possible here around on the farm. Um, I currently still live at home. So for all you murderers out there, <laughs> um, but our farm doesn't bring in enough income at this time for us both to stay home and do it full time, which I would really enjoy actually. But I do have off the farm jobs. I help any way that I can. We're getting ready to gear up for calving season. So that's always good to have another set of hands on deck. And I do have some off the farm jobs, like I said, with um, I'm a contractor for a couple of uh, statewide agricultural organizations where I do some communications work um, with social media and things like that. And then I also run my own business called The Farm Story, where I help people within agriculture um, learn how to tell their farm stories, both in person and online. And we do a lot of work with consumer advocacy and just kind of starting more conversations about agriculture, because I feel like <laughs> not talked about enough, especially in the places where it needs to be talked about. Um, so kind of in a nutshell, that's what we do. We hang out a lot on social media and doing blogging and videos and things like that. And I've just started a podcast. It's launching tomorrow, actually, or whenever. At the time that we're talking right now, it's going to be tomorrow. I don't know when this is going to come out. But um, And I have, so that's kind of my work life. And then so some fun facts about me as a person. I have a golden retriever named Delilah. She will be two in March. So that's, oh my gosh, that's like in 
two weeks <laughs> that's coming up. Um, she is my world. Uh, my favorite color is pink. I really like macaroni and cheese and I have a horse named Rooster <laughs> and that's kind of it. I'm very involved with different community organizations, our county fair. I'm really involved with that and the livestock kids there. Um, and then just some other farm bureau and cattlemen's and things like that. Sure, so I'm sure. on the go all the time, busy, busy. Um, but that's the way I like it. So you're uh, just to want to talk about your farm a little bit. Is it primarily a cow calf operation that you and your dad have? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of basically, yeah, but our main focus is uh, club calves and show cattle. Okay. Um, so we do a lot of AI and heat synchronization and embryo transfer and things like that. And so we just, we have a lot of different breeds, just <laughs> that's pretty much what we do. Uh, we like to raise and sell show calves to kids both uh, here locally and across the state and then some in other states as well. So it's a big passion of ours. We like talking about it all, all the time at night, driving around the truck, <laughs> talking about what sires we're using and different things like that. And my dad has had um, shorthorns is mainly what we started with. Um, and he's had shorthorn cattle since the seventies. And ever since then, he just has kind of evolved more into kind of a club calf deal but we still have quite a few shorthorn cattle so it's it's interesting and it's unique but it's ours and we love it <laughs> yeah the club calf thing is i i can't say it's completely foreign to me but it's something i've been around a lot but it's not something i have done myself very much other than um you know we like you said we're primarily a cow calf operation and you know, so the, the club calf thing is is very interesting to me because I, I feel like it's this like forgotten, not forgotten, but it's like a like an alternative sector of the industry, I feel like. And it's uh, it, it's different, I, I feel. And I, I think it's interesting the folks that do that. I know several people around me that do it. And uh, it's, it's really an interesting operation I feel it's like. It's a niche. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great that's a good um, word for it. It's its own thing. Yeah. It's kind of its own area and you either love it or you hate it. It's kind of what we've figured out. And it's just, it's just different. Like you said, it's different from the purebred operations and not good or bad or better or worse or whatever. It's just different. Um, and we have a lot of fun trying to just, you know, make the best matings possible and keeping up with what bulls are hot and what, which ones aren't. Um, and then getting to ultimately sell them to kids that are going to love them basically all year long and see how those projects develop. And just, we know that when we sell that animal to a young adult or a child, that they're going to learn so much from something that we sold sure. them. Yeah. Um, I showed cattle all growing up and I can honestly say that showing steers and having 4-H and FFA projects is a big reason of, you know, why I started this business and why I am who I am today. Um, and so it's really fun to kind of pass the torch on to somebody else. Yeah. And I'll always say the ones that are my best friends today are the ones that I spent the summers in the county fair with. And I feel like 4-H, FFA, I was not in FFA. We didn't have FFA, oddly enough, in our town. Um, and they do now, but, but that's for a different story. Um, but the friends we grew up, I grew up with showing cattle um, still are my best friends today. And I just feel like the bonds that are, are formed in that part of your life are so strong and they just kind of withstand the test of time. You know, the two, the two guys that stood next to me at my wedding were my, you know, my best man and my, and another groomsman were the two guys that we, you know, grew up that whole time. We showed our steers together. And I see that now on the other side of it, seeing my own kids and the friendships they're having with the kids that around them that are the same age, doing the same things, you know, showing cattle and whatever. And uh, it just, it makes me feel good about being a dad and 
fostering those kind of relationships that are allowing my kids to foster those kinds of relationships. Absolutely. There's something to be said about, you know, getting to know somebody while you're playing cards on a cooler lid or throwing buckets of water at each other. It just, like you said, it just lasts. I know. <laughs> yeah. Break the bond. It's so cool. And, and, you know, it's so, and now we all have this, these dads um, have these kids doing it the same way that we did it. And it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's also kind of scary because I remember what happened in those barns at late at night and I don't want my kids doing some of those things, but um, you know, I guess that's all part of growing up. <laughs> so you, um, after high school, you went to you went to college. You went to William Woods, which is just down the road from where you grew up, and you played softball, correct? Uh-huh. And that was kind of that was kind of your intro into what you're kind of doing now. And I, tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a bit how it was to kind of be that lone farm girl um, amongst a bunch of different other other personalities and how they look to you. And I feel like that was kind of where the seed was planted for the work you're doing now. Absolutely. That definitely planted the seed. So when I tell this story, I normally say I kind of lived like a Hannah Montana lifestyle when I was growing up. I had two passions of playing softball and showing cattle. Um, so on any given weekend, I was doing one or the other, or on the really crazy weekends, I was doing both. Um, if you have any kind of athlete in your family, if you're a parent and you have you know kids that play sports, you know about the traveling sports. Um, and so I played travel softball every summer. And then I was also in 4-H or FFA, depending on the age I was. Um, and I l- loved every single minute of the busy life that I lived. So I played all through high school and in travel ball and all that. And so the time came eventually to where I was getting recruited to play ball in college. Um, I didn't even know if I wanted to play ball in college or not for the longest time. And then I kind of was dabbling in it, you know, went on some college visits and was like, well, that'd be kind of cool. You know, I still didn't really know. Um, and so then it came to a point in the road where every school that I was getting recruited by seriously that I had an interest in going to school at, um, the school didn't have an ag program. I had it narrowed down to one or two and neither one did. Um, and I went on a visit to William Woods University and I loved the school, loved the people, loved the softball program. Cool, or am I going to, you know, go to Mizzou and get an ag degree or go to whatever school and get an ag degree. Um, And so ultimately I made the choice to go to William Woods and play college softball. And it was the best decision I've ever made. Um, I absolutely love the school. Like I said, my classes were wonderful. It was a really small school, NAIA school. And so I made all kinds of friends and just the most, some of the most wonderful people in my life I met at William Woods and I can't imagine not going there, but for, I will say for a few years afterwards, um, I kind of wondered like, okay, is this, is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Like when I was there at school, um, I just kind of wondered. So I realized that when I was at this, at William Woods, um, it was a lot of quote unquote city kids and it just, you know, people that didn't live on a farm, they didn't grow up around cattle, which was my love. And so I would talk about cattle and farm life and I would go home on the weekends and say like, well, I helped my dad pull a calf this weekend or fed the cows this. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? (laughs) It's like, I was speaking a foreign language. And so then I realized the more that I shared about my life, my farm life, especially on social media, people would see it and they would comment on it and they would come up to me and say things like, oh my gosh, Caroline, I saw cows when I was driving to Columbia yesterday. I was like, (laughs) okay, great. (laughs) Thanks for sharing. Um, or my teammates, bless their hearts, would wake me up on the bus. We'd be on a road trip somewhere in the middle of nowhere and they'd wake me up and everybody knows Caroline likes her sleep and you don't wake her up, but apparently they missed that memo. <laughs> or actually, I think they knew. They, 
being pains in the butt, <laughs> but they'd wake me up and be like, Caroline, there's cows at the window. We just thought you really would want to see it. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'd throw something at them, you know, and <laughs> go back to sleep. But then for the longest time, I could not figure out why they were telling me all this stuff. I'm like, why, why, why did they tell me this? Why? But then I began to realize that the more that I told my story, both in person and online, um, it made them think about agriculture in a different way. And they were connecting it with somebody that sat next to them in the dining hall or next to them in class instead of just this mythical, like, ooh, a farmer person. I was a real person that lived on a farm that they could talk to the, about cows too. They knew I loved cows. So I began to make that connection between telling my story and then learning real actual facts about agriculture, life on the farm, and food production. So at that time, I kind of felt this tug in the back of my head that was like, Caroline, people don't know where their food comes from, and that's not good. <laughs> you need to probably right. do something yeah. about it. So at the time, you know, I was like, okay, whatever, I'm going to graduate and all is good. Then I went and I transitioned to the University of Missouri where I got my master's and kind of had the same experience. I was around a lot of people who didn't grow up on a farm necessarily. And I just, at that time, was able to work on some social media things. That's what I did for some of my master's work was I worked uh, managing some social media accounts and doing some online marketing stuff. And so I was able to learn a lot by trial and error and I gained experience, which was amazing. And so during this time, I was learning a lot about social media, but I still felt this tug in the back of my mind that was like, Caroline, people don't know where their food comes from. And again, this is not a good thing. And so during that time, I started my first blog and I just kind of wrote about what life on the farm was like and my thoughts and experiences that I had. And I really enjoyed it, kind of sharing my story in that way. And it was a good outlet for me. Um, I had no clue what I was doing. I just, you know, whipped up a blog real quick one day and just wrote on it. And then eventually that tug in the back of my mind got so strong that um, I was just like, okay, I need to do something about this. And so that pull in my brain combined with not liking a desk job right. <laughs> that I was working led me to starting the farm story I was at. So, and that's, I mean, it took me a while to kind of figure out exactly what this business was supposed to look like, but here we are today and the rest is history. <laughs> I see so many parallels in our lives um, as far as our stories getting, you know, kind of starting in that we both went to schools. We both grew up on the farm, grew up very similarly, I'd say, in, in Missouri, and primarily kind of surrounded by this. And then we left, and we went to a place where we were the outcast instead of the majority. And I went to St. Louis. When I went to St. Louis, I'll never forget the time, the first time I realized how different I was. And I was sitting there with a fr another friend of mine who was very similar to me. He actually grew up in Paris, Missouri, which is not far from you. And we uh, we were sitting there. We were talking about uh, we were talking about cows, and we were talking about castrating calves. And you know, we're talking about oh, do you ban? Uh, no, we don't ban. We cut. We you know cut with a knife and blah blah. You know, we were just having this whole conversation. And we looked over at like these three other guys who and just like were like had these you know like coffee saucer eyes looking at us like what on earth are you guys talking about they and i i remember one of them was from columbia and he looked to the other and said man i thought i was country <laughs> you know and then he, he had no ideas you know so i i think that was at that point when i realized how different i was and it took me a little bit longer i think to you because i felt like almost got annoyed that people didn't know and you know, it took me getting older and a little bit maybe wiser and a little bit more understanding and tolerable that it's not their fault that they don't know. It's not people's fault. You know, there's they, they have no reason to be connected to this. And and I, I, 
I talked to this. I've talked about this a little bit before. Um, it's a good. That's a kind, almost a good problem to have. It means your society is pretty far advanced if you take your food for granted. I think. I mean, you know, if you want to, if you want to look at it in a in a positive light, I mean, that's that's kind of a good problem to have because if you, you know, chances are if you don't if you don't know where your food comes from, then things are going pretty well in your life compared to a lot of the rest of the world. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be totally oblivious to it. And I think what you're doing with the farm story is kind of introducing that to people in a non-threatening way, which is super helpful to them. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of time kind of talking on this same thing. And it's not something when I started this podcast that I thought we would talk about so much. But that is super important to not only the consumer, but to the producer also. And knowing that somebody on the other side of the supply chain understands where they're coming from or or it causes them stress if they don't know where their food comes from. And I think that's a, I think that's a super, super important part of your story um, is, is trying to get that message across. Yeah, I would agree with that. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is that, you know, ag ed is no longer just in a classroom oh and maybe it gosh, never has yes. been, but it's never been this important. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in FFA. I do a lot with the FFA kids. A lot of them are the ones that, you know, follow my social media pages and are huge supporters of my business. So this is not, not any way, you know, hating on them, but we have to, you know, realize that today's consumer is just as right. important as tomorrow's. Right. There's a lot of work being done with, you know, teaching little kids about agriculture and little kids about where their food comes from. And that is fantastic and wonderful. And those little kids eventually will go through high school. Maybe they'll take an ag class. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But we cannot forget about the people who are the ones in the grocery store with their wallets, making those decisions, looking at the milk section and going, what the heck is the difference between almond milk and coconut milk and, you know, all these different kinds of milk, regular milk and whatever. They're the ones that we need to go after as well. Um, and I think they tend to get forgotten. And I, in my opinion, they're the most important group um, because yes, they're adults. And some people think they're like, well, they're, you know, they're too far gone. They've already been told too many lies. No. I don't think so. <laughs> and no. we have to realize that ag education no longer just takes place in a classroom in a high school. It takes place at your kid's sports practice, at church, in line at the gas station, wherever you are, there is an opportunity to have a conversation about agriculture. And so that's what I really try to promote as well. Just have those conversations, start them yourself, talk to people about it, because that's where the true change in education takes place. Yeah, I'm going to give a shout out real quick to my buddy, Jake Renner. He's the busy bachelor on, um, on Instagram. And we him and I and Levi were having this very conversation uh, a couple weeks ago at NCBA. We stopped over at, at the Gelby booth and uh, we're talking to him about this. And, you know, I think when you like I, when you said ag education, um, I think so many people just like pigeonhole that into an FFA teacher or an ag professor in college. But, you know, it's so much bigger than that. And so many people can serve in that role that you know, the, it is absolutely, it's very important for those kids to learn that in school. I, I don't want to take anything away from it. I'm seeing what's happening to Levi now, um, that he's in FFA, and I'm so thankful that he has that, that, that I didn't have. But we also have to realize that 
a lot of that education is going to happen past high school and into even into adulthood. And you know what's even funny is me raised around a farm around this whole agricultural lifestyle my whole life. You would be surprised in this past few months the things I've learned about the ag sector that I had no idea about growing up. Especially the, the one thing I think I've learned the most of about is the dairy industry. I have learned so much about the dairy industry in the last couple of months that I had just zero idea about. And I'm so thankful for people who are in that space who are teaching me about that. And through social media, through all these wonderful outlets, I am very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I think I was I think I'd made my point and and it makes me just very happy that there are so many people in this space learning and teaching at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, one of the things I try to focus on, too, is just giving people that space to go learn that stuff, because you were saying about how you've learned so much in the last couple of months about the dairy industry and different things like that. And there's social media accounts that teach us good things. And I'm, I have learned so much about them as well, because I know they're one of the industries that gets hit the hardest from the um, animal activists. Right. And um, I hate that for them. But at the same time, I think it's good for us to just kind of make it known to a lot of people that there's crazy people out there that, you know, will attack farms and show up unannounced at a farm with video cameras and just do wild things. And not that we have anything to hide, but at the same time, that's your personal property. You don't need to have people traipsing around with a video camera, you know, that's not what we need to have done. So I just am glad that we have these resources like the internet and social media. And what a, what a time to be alive to be able to share all this information with each other. You know, I am so, you know, in social media, I talk about this too a lot. Social media gets a bad rap and a lot of it's justified, but if there was no social media, I would not have met I would not have met Jake. I would not have met you. I would not have met dozens of people who I've become friends with over these, you know, last six months or so. And social media is to thank for thank for that. And I had some conversation with some folks in Ireland. And I'm in a couple of weeks, I'm gonna have a conversation with somebody in Wales, all because of social media and how wonderful and powerful it is when it's used correctly. Yeah. It's wild. I have such a love-hate relationship with it. Sometimes when I have too much of it, I'm like, all right, I got to put this away and get back into the kind of the present times. But like, yeah, like I've met so many people across the country, like you, and I mean, you, we don't even live that far away, but I never would have met you had it not been for social media. And some of the biggest supporters of my business live nowhere near me and I've never met them in person, but they'll message me on Instagram and check in and yeah. support each other and it's just a wonderful thing. same here it's so wonderful and you know I, I i talked about ncba i just got back from ncba and it made my experience at ncba this past time so much more meaningful because i had fostered those relationships and i got to meet up with those people and you know that was so cool mm-hmm um, so I want to give you ample time to talk about this, and that's your podcast, the Farm Story, that's that is just launched recently. And I, I want what what on the world are you thinking getting into the podcast world? <laughs> well, <clears throat> some days I feel pretty crazy doing it. <laughs> but oh, that's good. I think that means how many every, times have that, we had that makes every single person <laughs> who every single person who's ever started a podcast at some point wonders what the heck are they doing. Yeah. Well, it's like I was telling you before we started recording, this computer doesn't know it, but it has almost earned itself a one-way ticket out the window several times <laughs> in the last two weeks. But, you know, she's okay. I'm not mad at her anymore, but 
<laughs> she'll live to see another day. Um, but I just, it's funny because when I was at William Woods, um, and even when I was in grad school, you know, getting my ag degree, uh, people would say like, well, what do you want to do with it? Cause my degree at William Woods was in communications and my master's is in agricultural communications and leadership. So it's like, okay, what can you do with that? Um, and people would think they were real funny and they'd be like, Oh, are you going to talk to cows and corn? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, you're not funny. <laughs> the people, I mean, the people that were not in the industry that sure. didn't know what you would do with that. I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but I would always tell people, you know, I'm one of those people that can be happy doing a lot of different things. And mm -hmm. so I never really knew what I wanted to do. And so I'd always mm -hmm. say, well, I don't really know. I just, I just want to do something that allows me to talk to people about agriculture. And so looking back now, you know, God's really funny and his little foreshadowing that he does. And that's exactly what I'm doing now with my business. And that's just, that's what makes me happy. So I do a lot of public speaking. And then I also was starting this podcast. I just, I talk into a microphone and I just get to talk about agriculture and it just makes me really happy. And so that's what I'm kind of hoping to do is um, educate people. And also I'm a big believer in community. Like what we were just talking about with the making friends and the sustaining relationships. I think we're stronger together. So if, if there's a way that I can use my podcast to kind of bring people together and form a community and make people not feel so alone. Um, a little spoiler alert, one of the podcast episodes that's going to release tomorrow is going to be about building confidence and telling your story in the online space is what we're going to talk about in the episode. But I get that question when it's one of the top three questions I get. It's like, oh, I, I know I need to do it. And I, you know, you inspire me to do it, but I just don't really have the confidence. Do you have any tips for somebody that needs to get their confidence? up and posting online. So it's not an uncommon thing for people to not have confidence to talk about agriculture. And so that's what we're going to talk about in that episode and just kind of in this community that I've started to form that really, when I started it, I had no idea it would reach 38 states right now. I mean, I'm sure I'm in more than that, but I sell my t-shirts and we're in 38 states as of today. So it's pretty wild that it's reached that far this quickly, um, but it's really awesome that I can have people all across the country that support this. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's such a cool thing, and I'm I'm so glad that you talked about the confidence thing, and, and that's a really great place to start, I think, your podcast, because so many of us feel isolated, feel alone, and, you know, we feel like, does anybody even really care to hear about what I have to say? And you'd be very surprised at how many people care and how many people want to hear your story and want to hear what you have to say and what you have to offer. Because in my opinion, we don't have enough of that. We don't have enough of people telling, telling the world what's going on in their lives and not enough, especially ag folks, you know, because of the fear for retribution and the fear of my biggest thing is the fear of what other people think. You know, that was one of my biggest obstacles to come over in doing this kind of stuff doing this kind of work is is wondering about what other people think and i think really quickly you realize that the people that that matter are going to support you and the people that don't matter exactly that they don't matter they don't matter <laughs> the people that care or will make fun of you they don't matter and you can yep. use you can use that you can use that energy however you want to and it it really boils down to what you want to do and what you want to make of it and to realize that that the confidence comes from within and the confidence comes from the people who who will support you and everyone else you can just kind of put to the wayside absolutely and that's one of the things we're talking about in that episode is 
I've, my biggest thing for a long time is if they don't support you, they're not your people and you don't need people in your life who aren't your people. <laughs> I mean, they're just like, you can have them, I guess, but you don't need to listen to what they have to say and let them influence your actions and your choices and your whatever. Um, because your people are going to be there for you no matter what. And everybody else can just go fly a kite. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree. Yeah. And I think you see, and you'll see that there's going to be so many people, even people who want you to fail, they will come around. I was talking to a good friend of mine who actually was recently on the podcast and he was talking about how there was this one gentleman who he said he, the only reason he ever paid attention to anything he did online was because he wanted him to fail. And he kept watching him, kept waiting for him to fail, kept waiting for him to fail. And you know what? He never did fail. He kept chugging along, kept in that guy, instead of wanting him to fail, he found himself inspired and respecting him and, you know, that's the kind of effect you can have when you you keep pushing forward and you keep moving on with your story and keep keep on just keeping that fight. And, and I thought that was a very, he told me that today, the other day, and that was just such a powerful story to kind of showcase how, how resilience can pay off. Absolutely. And I think everybody can benefit from that message at one point or another. Right. Feel yeah. like, oh my God, why am I doing this? <laughs> um, it's good to have those people in your hip pocket that you can text or call and just be like, tell me I'm doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, they yeah. won't take it as like a, Oh my gosh, that girl. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're you know, but I yeah. have those that they know that I, you know, have my doubts and whatever, but they just, they pick me up when I feel down and they're like, no, get up, keep going. A little bit of tough love. Yeah. Um, pat my head and say, come on, Caroline, you got this and keep on you moving. Know, it just <laughs> takes, you know, it just takes just that little bit of, and that having those kind of people in your life keeps you from these dark places that you that your mind can tend to go and I know that I I know just hearing somebody just telling me just these simple things like man I really enjoyed that episode or man I really enjoyed your blog post the other day and you know so if you say that somebody says that to you, it may not seem like a big deal for them to say it to you but from the person who's receiving that I mean that just means the world and kind of it may be the difference in them giving up or keeping pushing forward and so to yes so to have get, those like, type of people in your life <laughs> i'll get a message on instagram or a comment on facebook or whatever and they'll you know i'll comment back and be like oh my gosh that means the world to me and they probably think i'm blowing smoke or being dramatic or whatever but um no if you're listening to this it means the world to just anybody that's trying to put themselves out there and it's it's scary and you wonder is like so does scary. anybody even care yeah. and then whenever somebody does that, it just is like oh my god one person cares at least yeah and that makes it worth <laughs> yeah. it you know right I mean, you know it's that it, you know i could honestly if i make one a difference in one person's life it, it, it it's been worth it i mean I could care less about it making, I mean, I'm happy that it, all the people, but if, if, if it, all it takes is just one person that it, I've made a difference in and it's every single bit of this has been worth it. So yes, completely agree. Where can people find your podcast and what kind of stuff are you going to be covering in the episodes? Yeah. So right now you can find them. I can't believe I'm even saying this. It doesn't even seem real, but I am approved and I'm up on Apple, um, iTunes, Apple podcasts, awesome. whatever you want to call it. Um, so if you're an iPhone user and you have the little purple I or podcast uh, app on your phone, you can tap that and then click or search the Farm Story podcast and it should pop up. I'm on Spotify um, and I have found myself on both of those places. So I know it's going to be there. 
Um, and then a pair, I think I'm also on Google Play. I am. I have never used Google Play, so I haven't been able to check it, but it's supposed to be up there as well. And then for all other things, Farm Story, I'm on social media at the Farm Story. Our logo is a little red barn. You can't miss us. Um, and then my website is tellyourfarmstory.com and you can link to all things podcasts and all things wonderful there as well. Awesome. Super cool. And you talked about confidence in one episode. What are some of the other things you're going to be kind of discussing a little bit without giving away too much of the content here? Yeah. So, um, we're also, we're discussing different things about, um, I want it to be just very tangible and very useful. We're talking about different social media tips and just different kind of consumer advocacy information. Um, just a lot of good stuff. I'm planning on having a lot of good guests and also just some, some of the ideas I've had. I want to interview somebody who maybe chooses to have a vegan lifestyle. Um, just kind of getting their thoughts and why they've chosen that lifestyle, um, different things like that. And also um, talking to different people and experts in different parts of the industry um, about kind of some of the questions they get from consumers and some of the misconceptions that maybe we can learn from and help to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like if, if we get questions about their industry, how can we best answer those questions? Um, so we've got a lot of good stuff lined up and I'm really just super excited to get started with it and well, not really started. I've been started, <laughs> but continue with it. And I'm just really pumped. Awesome. Well, I, for one, am super excited for this. I'm, you know, you, I've been following you on social media for a while now and we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of months. And, uh, I can tell you, you're, you're going to do well, you know, you've got the knack for it. You've, um, got the communication well, skills. You. You've got the social media thing down. Um, it just seems like it's just going to be a one, another thing you're going to add to your arsenal. And, um, I'm, I'm super excited for you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I think your podcast and your social media stuff looks great as well. I think you, you're easy to talk to and that's part of it. Some people are like talking to a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> you're not like that. Well, I appreciate that. I kind of try to pride myself <laughs> on those kind of things. So, but, uh, well, Caroline, <laughs> it's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you tonight and uh, I look forward to your podcast and, uh, I can't wait to see where it goes. Thank you so much. I'm excited about it. Thanks for having me. Yep. Of course. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.